You're listening to Speak Your Style, a lifestyle and business podcast hosted by Sasha Bowlby and Liz Toombs. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Speak Your Style. Today, we have Vitaly Buford with us, and she is an executive coach, speaker, and author. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. It's exciting to have you here. Thanks for coming. So big news is that you have a book coming out here shortly. Do you want to tell folks about that? Yeah. So I have my first book coming out March 30th. It's called Addicted to Perfect, and it's my memoir, which details my 10-year addiction to Adderall and my lifelong addiction to perfectionism and how I overcame it. Okay. I um, had read some of your blurbs about the book, promoting it, and I was telling Sasha that just brave is the first word that always came to mind. Um, I just think it's, it's so brave of you to share that story because most people don't want to talk about something that they may not be proud of or, you know, something that happened right. in their past that they've they've wanted to change. So I guess I am curious, what was the catalyst for you that you said, I really want to tell this story? Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, I was an Adderall addict for 10 years. And during that time, no one knew around me that um, I had this addiction. And so I was living this private life. And when I got sober, it was so important for me to just be honest and tell the truth. And I just wanted to share my story and more importantly, encourage others to share their stories. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like as people, but women more specifically, we minimize our experiences. Mm -hmm. We minimize the things that have happened in our lives and we don't own them. We think, well, someone else had it worse than me. Or, you know, we minimize it and push it down because we don't want to deal with it. And so for me... Just writing the book was super triggering, but also super, super healing and dealing with, you know, childhood trauma, which is where it all started. That's, mm-hmm. You know, the childhood trauma and the perfectionism, the Adderall was just a symptom of all that. And so for me, it's just to encourage others to also own their stories and not minimize them. I like that. I love the yeah. encouragement of others. I have a question if we can go back for just a second totally. because you described it as your memoir. And so perhaps this is ignorant of me. Typically when I think of someone writing a memoir, I think of <laughs> yeah. someone rather up there in age. You are not right. an old yeah. person. So <laughs> I, maybe did I misunderstand the definition of it or tell me about that? You know, I don't know the definition of memoir, but I've been going with that word. Okay. Um, I feel like I've lived many lives, um, even though I'm only 37. So um, I think that anyone can tell their story. Okay. Um, at any age. Yeah. Now, how long did it take you to actually write, you know, get all of your thoughts down and get it prepared? So this is crazy, but it took me five weeks to write my book. That's wow. when you know it's the right fit, right? Right. So... You know, it's been in the works, you know, my publishing deal I signed in February and then I wrote it, I wrote a few chapters before, but I wrote the bulk of my book the month of June. That's insane. Wow. Right. And that's all I did. Now, yeah. I mean, I maybe washed my hair like three times. Like, I was not a present person to be around <laughs> for those four weeks. Like, I was eating a lot of sweets yeah. to, like, cope with all the, you know, stuff I was writing. Right. But, yeah, I just, that's all I did. And then I did all the editing in the fall. And the editing was actually harder than the, the writing. But, yeah. I couldn't imagine. No. But, I mean, if you lock yourself away, I guess your goal yeah. is get that book out, right? Well, right. And um, it's so funny because I'd ask so many authors, like, I'd go to book signings and I'd be like, what is the secret to writing your book? And they would be like, sitting down and writing it. And I'd be like, no, no, really. Like, what's the secret? And they would be like, sitting down and writing it. And I was like, really trying, like, anything I could do 
to avoid writing and I'm like can I pay someone to ghost write you know is there like some secret thing and I was like no sitting down and writing it and so that was for me as a recovering perfectionist just writing it unedited mm -hmm. without judgment and also writing it for myself mm -hmm. like not writing it to get an award or um, praise but like writing the story for myself so you mentioned about your publisher. So what was the order in which that you did things? Did you write it yeah. and then seek out the the help or did it come the other way? I think everything was like divinely timed and aligned. So I hired a book agent because okay. again, I was trying to do everything but write the book. <laughs> so I was like, I am going to hire um, a book agent to sell my book. I wanted a publishing deal because I knew that my topic, my, my story was very sensitive and that I needed a legal deadline to be accountable to. Mm -hmm. I was like, I will never write this thing if I self-publish mm -hmm. it. There are pros and cons for self-publishing mm -hmm. and getting a publisher. Um, both are wonderful. But for me, I knew that I'd still be talking about the book in 10 years if I didn't have an actual publisher. And then my ego really wanted a hardcover mm -hmm. copy of the book. <laughs> so um, I hired a book agent and she pitched my book idea with a one pager just about my book, had not written anything. Um, at the National Publishers Fair, which is every May in New York City, where all the publishers hang out and agents pitch all the stories. And typically what happens from that is then your book proposal comes out of it or like interest. And so you end up writing the book and then pitching it again. Mm -hmm. But there was a small publisher in New York City that was like, we want to buy it. Write, a, write two chapters. Let's read them and then we'll finalize it. So I, read, I wrote two chapters in like a few days, unedited, submitted them. And they were like, we'll buy your book. Oh, wow. It was crazy. There you go. Divinely timed. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That is awesome yeah. to be able to do that. Well, and if it's possible for me, it's possible for anyone. That's mm -hmm. also my, like, my, what I want to encourage people is that, like, if you have a dream, you also have the power to make it happen. Mm, I love it. Like, if yeah. you have a dream, it's not happenstance. It's not, oh, just by accident. If you have a dream to write a book, you can make it happen. I mean, that was one of the things I was like, okay. I'm like co-creating this with God in the universe and I'm not alone and I've got this. And this has been a dream of mine. Like I have a, con a publishing contract, like other people believe in me too. So I have the power to make it happen. And that's with anyone's dreams. Yeah. I have coattails. Yes. I know. <laughs> it's quite inspiring to sit in the room and to, to hear that. Yeah. Um, well, so when you wrote the book and it became public knowledge that the story was going to come out and folks are starting to be able to read it, I know it's not completely yeah. available just yet. Have you received any backlash or negative attention that you you don't want relating to the book? Um, not yet. Okay. But I would say, I would, um, say that that would maybe be a good problem to have. Um just getting feedback and people writing it. So I've got an advanced copy, which I'm happy to send you all to. Um, but the electronic advanced copy I've sent out to people and I've got a lot of positive feedback in yeah. terms of like, it just drew them in and they've read it really quickly and all of that. Um, but, but yeah, I think for me, the most sensitive part is my mother reading it mm -hmm. and my sister reading it. And, um, and so I've just sent my mother an advanced copy and I've had a really like very sweet, real conversation with her about it. And, um, that was the biggest thing is just like the stories that are in there, um, and the sensitivity of them. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I was just curious. The only reason I yeah. asked the question is because addiction of any kind and drug addiction as well just can be such a polarizing topic totally. for people. And so sometimes I think you get reactions from people that you aren't expecting. Sometimes it's for the positive oh, yeah. and then sometimes you expect the mm -hmm. positive and it's not what you get. I don't know. It's just strange people's reactions. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Well, even with speaking gigs, like there's some people that won't 
have me speak because I'm a recovering drug addict. No. But, you know. Yeah. Then it's not meant for me. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Well, and people, too, are so critical mm-hmm. nowadays right. of anything. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, good for you. Good you know, for you. Like, now, we'll see when the book comes out and the feedback I get. But, yeah, like, I'm just, I'm open to it, like, good and bad. Yeah. I think that's good. You said that nicer than I did, Sasha. You said critical. I always say judgy. Like everyone's so judgy. <laughs> but I usually say it with like a mean look on my face. So. Yeah. Myself included at times. Please uh, don't. People are just critical over some of the smallest things nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it's just. It can be. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, so on your website, you talk about being a transformation for change yeah. for your clients. So how does telling your story and being honest about your life experiences allow you to help your clients? more how does that play in yeah so my number one value is growth Mm -hmm. so I invest in my own coaching and my own masterminds and do my own growth because I want to help my clients grow because Mm -hmm. there's nothing that I tell a client to do even down to reading a book that I haven't done myself Mm -hmm. and so that can be good and bad right because if I'm trying to make a decision or do something I'm like well I would definitely tell a client to do this so I'm gonna have to do it too Mm -hmm. um for me, as I was writing my book, I realized like how pervasive perfectionism was mm-hmm. in my life, in relationships, my finances, my career, everything, my body image. And so I've really been repositioning myself and um, really stepping into the field of like leading an imperfection movement and becoming known as the imperfectionist and coaching around perfectionism and really focusing on that. So I've created a proprietary process that helps people, but specifically women, Mm -hmm. identify and heal their perfectionism. And when we think about perfectionism, you know, it's not that you need to have your desk uh, perfectly organized. Perfectionism is like the deep roots of perfectionism show up as procrastination, control, people-pleasing, approval-seeking, indecision, fear of missing out, uh, feeling stuck, uh, avoiding conflict, So those are just some of the symptoms, anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, some of the symptoms of perfectionism. And so I believe that that is what's holding people back from really taking charge of their dreams and living their life's purpose. Now, why do you think that there are so many people out there that think that they're not worth it to maybe follow a dream or make a career change or do some of those things? Yeah, so I'd say it's, you know, fear, right? Like, I don't know what it's going to look like on the other side. You know, is it going to happen? Fear of judgment even from other people. What will people think? And that unworthiness like comes from like when we're children or as we grow up as teenagers thinking that we're not worthy of those dreams, that we can't do it. And a lot of people just want to stay safe. I mean, you know, like starting a business, even starting this podcast, like you have no idea, but you just, you guys had the dream and you made it happen. Mm-hmm. And And so I think people get a lot, like, get really stuck in fear and other people's opinions. It's interesting to me how hung up on other people's opinions we are. And I'm sure there's, like, a whole, you could talk for hours on what leads us to that or how that starts. But I just think the whole thing is, is fascinating and equally disturbing, I guess, you know, that we are so consumed with that from other people. Right, right. And it's... And it keeps us from doing the things we want to do. You know, when I started my business, like, a lot of people were like, well, what are you doing? Like, you're a single parent. You have no savings. Like, what are you going to do for health insurance? I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. You know, like, Mm -hmm. well, 
you know, what are you going to do with this book? Well, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get a publishing contract. So you just have to like really believe in yourself and keep going. But it's, it's risky as you know, like mm -hmm. being a business owner, it's mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart, mm -hmm. um, but it's worth it. Yeah. And going for your dreams is worth it. And so for me, it's like, I made this book happen. This is available to anyone. Like this isn't just available to me. This is available to anyone who's willing to step out and just and take a leap of faith on their dreams. Is that the the person that you had in mind as you were writing it? Was the person going after their dreams or kind of who is your ultimate reader that you just pictured as it was pouring onto the page for you? For me, it ended up being myself. Um, you know, I talked to a lot of people and they were like, you know, you need to create your ideal reader. And it, that just kind of got me mixed up because I was like, well, then I'm writing for someone that's not myself. It's my story. Mm -hmm. Now, my second book will be um, probably about how to, you know, how to heal perfectionism. It'll be more of a self-help how-to. And mm -hmm. so I'll have probably like an avatar, someone who, um, an, you know, someone who'd be my ideal reader. But for my memoir, it was me. That's cool. And that helped take the pressure off and also helped me be more authentic. Yeah, that makes sense. So she used that word avatar again. So when Allie <laughs> Martin joined us and was talking about social media and she said, um, have your avatar in mind for who, yeah. who your social media yeah. audience is. And then I said, I'm just picturing a blue, <laughs> a blue person, person right now from the movie. Well, it's funny because it's like a new word for me. I just joined this new mastermind in Los Angeles and they all have been using avatar. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, it's a buzzword. Mm -hmm. So I mean, so it is not. Leave it to us in Kentucky too. to be no, a little behind on it. Me too. I was yeah. like, what's that? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, I got it. It totally <laughs> makes sense, but I was like, that's my only frame of reference is that movie. No, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. You're oh, my alone. goodness. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so, I mean, I just think it's great that you're you're speaking out against holding on to perfection because I think we get a lot of mixed messages, female specifically, mm -hmm. you know, through social media, through whatever it is we're reading, magazines and such. You know, we're told you're great as you are, but then we're also told you need to look like this or you need to act like this. And it gets very confusing and just really jumbled up, you know, in your head. And so I think it's nice to hear a voice saying it doesn't matter. Like, really, you don't have to be perfect. Right, because it's holding us back. Mm -hmm. You know, like we we don't start that podcast because we're like, well, you know, I don't know how many people are going to listen to it. And like, what will my friends think or my significant other think? And it's like, just do it. Mm -hmm. And if it fails, like, that's cool too, mm -hmm. right? Like our success, like we're, we succeed in proportion to like how much we're willing to fail. Mm -hmm. Like if you're failing, you're succeeding because it means you're trying. So counterintuitive to I say know, that. I know, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seriously, like you get no's, cool, keep going. You'll get yeses. Yeah, I know. So being a mom, you know, does that make you more apprehensive with doing things? Do you just have to make yourself push through all the harder and say, I'm going to give it a go because it's not just you? Does that factor in at all in different ways? You know, I'm a on the end of, like, on the spectrum of risk taking, I am a high risk taker. Oh. Um, because I have my vision and I know where I'm going and I know it's possible and it's super scary. You know, there are months where I'm like, what am I doing? Should I invest this much in my business? Um, but I want to set a good example for him. And I also just like hold my vision. Mm -hmm. Like the acronym that I use all the time is BTO, which is bigger than Oprah. Mm -hmm. So when you see me on social media, I'm like BTO. Okay. Now we know what it means. <laughs> yes. We're Spread in the, on the, the, the inside here. joke. You heard it here. <laughs> but um, you know, like for me in terms of, I don't like the word balance, but, um, you know, like I'm traveling a lot, uh, for my job. And so there's a lot of that, like, 
making sure I'm spending time with him mm -hmm. and I'm not spending too much time away from him. And so there's also, you know, there can be conflict in, in terms of me making decisions. Like, should I, like, should I stay or should I go? But again, like I make sure to be really present when I do have time with him. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm just holding that big vision. I know where I'm going. I'll look at that smile when she talks about him. I know. He's really he's oh. the sweetest. Um, well, so, you know, obviously you have to have a pretty good community around you then to help you yeah. with your son. So have you seen that community develop even more as you've chosen to share your story? And kind of has that built for you? Um, you know, I've got a really good team of babysitters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my parents come up and help a lot. So I went to Peru for 17 days in December on a transformational retreat. And, like, I would not have been able to go without them. And mm -hmm. I just got back from L.A. And so they came up. And it gets a, gives them a chance to be with their grandchild. Yeah. So it's a win-win. Yeah. What well, yeah. grandparent doesn't love that? I know. So it really works out. I just think that's so nice because I feel like a lot of folks feel like, when they have children and they have a dream and a career that they can't all coexist, that there's not a way. And so I think it's really great for you to be sharing how you're making that happen and that your end goal is for him to see you go after your dreams so that yeah. he's then empowered to do the same when his time comes. Right. And it, they can coexist, but it's not easy no, all the no. time for them to coexist. Hmm. You know, it's getting him from school and doing the you know, dinner, bedtime routine, being present, playing a board game, and then me finishing work afterward. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you put on top of that being in a relationship and it's, you know, it's, a, there's a lot of things, things going on. Not everything can get your attention or, you know, can, has your attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that is hard, but I do appreciate what you said a few minutes ago about you don't ask your clients to do anything that you're not willing right. to do yourself. <laughs> yeah. uh, I teach a class at UK and that's what I told my students. I said, look, everything I'm telling you to do that works, it's something either I do regularly or I have done myself. So this isn't just me, like a futile exercise here yeah like, like I read it in a book and I yeah. hear it works yeah like it's it's super important because I want to be able to like just being authentic like again because I was in that deep addiction with Adderall for 10 years mm -hmm. and was like living this secret life even though it was super successful quote successful on the outside and had this big corporate career and everyone thought that I looked perfect um it's really important for me to live authentically and that means coaching authentically and knowing that like what I'm telling my clients to do works mm-hmm yeah. I've heard it described before as eating your broccoli. Like, you know, you tell yeah. people, eat your broccoli, eat your vegetables right. because it's healthy for you. Like you eat it yourself. <laughs> that's so right. I, that's just a very visual <laughs> way of saying it that I've remembered now. So That's right. I like eat that. Eat your yeah. broccoli. Yeah. Eat your broccoli, Sasha. Uh, I learn something new every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to come in here to the store now and you're going to always have broccoli in here. And no, think I'm going to be like, it. I got broccoli. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so talking about your clients a little bit more, um, like who's your target market? Who do you love to serve and to help, um, in your coaching business? Yeah. So I have a range, but like the women I'm working with most are like female, like high performing female entrepreneurs that, you know, just have limiting beliefs that are holding them back or perfectionism that's holding them back, or they just want that next level of accountability. Because here's the thing, like, so I, I became a certified coach in 2016 and in my corporate career. And then went out on my own in 2018, but I, I hired my first coach in 2017 mm -hmm. and it was really just to deal with some boundary issues with my parents and just some personal things that I wanted to work through. And, you know, it held me accountable to do some really hard stuff, but then freed me up to then dream up starting a business. Like that wasn't even in my like line of vision to start a business. And it was like, I started working with a coach and then four months later, like 
put in my notice at my job. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like coaching is just so important. We go to a personal trainer um, and it's like your dreams are the most important thing. Your life is the most important thing. And so why wouldn't you have someone holding you accountable to that? Yeah. And we can be so scared of investing in ourselves. Um, but when you invest in yourself, when you put money towards your dreams, I mean, you're telling the universe you're serious. Mm-hmm. How do you keep people committed to some of the tips and things that you well, I'm a very results-driven coach, and so I assign homework, I assign projects, and then I stay in touch with them between calls. And clients that aren't committed to taking action aren't for me. Mm-hmm. And there's been some of those people that it's like, if they're not committed to action, like we just don't continue working together because I want my clients to get results, um, and that's just the kind of person I am. Yeah, and little things like that help too. Right. Yeah, just all that like if I have extra my, work. My homework signed. I'm gonna be on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and when you're investing in yourself, you're gonna show up. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm putting money towards my dreams. Like, I'm gonna show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. How do you end up connecting with most of your clients? How do they find you, or how do you find them? Yeah. So social media is big. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a client from Kuwait right now. Wow. Um, and Geneva, and so there's a lot of um, huh. clients in Canada. So the um, social media is really is really big, but public speaking mm-hmm. and things like this, so being on people's podcasts where they can hear me, and then hosting workshops, um, and then networking events. Yeah. Yeah. So mostly just word of mouth type of things, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. That's really cool. I We can relate to that quite a bit with just growing a business through word of mouth. Right. It works right. wonders. Right. Uh, for doing that. And it's cost-effective. It is. Yeah, it is. It's very cost-effective. Yeah, speaking is important for me because people want to experience me mm-hmm. before they, you know, commit. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you want to have right. a connection with a coach if you're hiring yes. them. And, you know, what's the adage? People do business with people they know, like, and trust. Right. And so they want to get a little sample of you before right. they jump right Especially in. Especially when they haven't done, co- you know, they haven't hired a coach before. It can be really scary. Uh-huh. Like, I was super scared when I hired my first coach. But I knew what... Like he stood for and the results that he got. And I was like, whatever, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, When it comes to, um, I'm totally losing my train of thought. You're good. Sorry. Oh, your podcast is what I wanted to ask you about. Because when you said starting a podcast and those types of things, uh, talk about your podcast and what you address on yours and um, just all the things you cover. Yeah. So last year I was like, you know what? I just want to do this. It kind of feels right. You know, and I think, true, I started my podcast with, like, no end goal in mind. Uh I was like, I don't know how long this thing will go, and, um, but I called it Fresh Eyes. I'm going to rebrand it, Embracing Imperfection, so that it's on my perfectionism, imperfection brand. Yeah. Um, And I'm going to relaunch it later this spring, but it's really about um, just interviewing people from all over that are doing different things, that bring different perspectives, that are high-performing, you know, and how maybe perfectionism got in their way, but how they've healed it. And so we'll be talking along those lines. But, yeah, just thought leaders. Yeah. Well, I look forward to yeah. listening. Yeah. You'll have to let us know when For you sure. relaunch you. it. <laughs> yes. Well, is there anything else that you just want to make sure that listeners hear from you before we close out this episode that you just want to leave with them? Yeah, I want to talk about dreams just one more time okay. because I'm so passionate about it. And I just want to reiterate that whatever dreams someone has, even if it's to find their soulmate, or expand their family, or go on a vacation, whatever it is, like, those dreams are not happenstance, and that means they have the power to make them happen, 
And so starting a business, starting a podcast, um, asking for a promotion, whatever it is, like they need to just go for it. We have one life that we're living. This is not like, um, what do they call it? What is, uh, or it's not rehearsal, right? So this right. is our, this yeah. is our one life and go for the dreams. I left my corporate job as a single mom with no savings and I'm coming up on year two of my business and I've written a book and I've done some really scary stuff and it is not just available to me. It's available to anyone. So you have a dream and it's there on purpose and you also have the power to make it happen. I love that. Mm-hmm. You're quite inspiring. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And just, again, <laughs> I get really excited about this. Stuff. We've got to start videoing this so people can see like how passionate people are <laughs> on the other side of the microphone when they're talking about this. Cause Vitaly has been smiling and just like all into it when she's talking about it. And I mean, you can just tell I'm definitely using my hands. I'm Italian. Mm-hmm. I'm not, but I <laughs> <Yeah>. do it too. <laughs> like all the time. Well, and I'm over here like, just tell me more. It's another one of those yeah. people are going to be like, is Sasha actually on that podcast? Yeah. And I'm like, I promise I'm here. I'm just, yeah, I'm just listening. When Sasha gets really engaged, she just like, I zone out yep. completely. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. I didn't ask anything mm-hmm. or yep. yeah. So anyway, you've captivated us, if nothing else. So, um, well, thank you so much for coming and being with us. We want to end our episode like we always do. So I would like to know how you would describe in a word or a phrase your home style. Yeah. So for me, the most important thing in my home is artwork. Mm -hmm. So artwork on the walls, I feel like makes a home. And so that would be my style is just like lots of bold, colorful artwork all over the walls. And then just like comfortable so that people feel like home when they're in your home. So as a side note, yes. am I remembering correctly that you are a bit of an artist I as do well? Make art. I remember <laughs> seeing some of your art at Cycle U for sale. So I do make art. Talk about that for a second. Um yeah, so there's a woman that appears in all of my artwork that I created when I was a senior in high school. And so I've recreated her and I I put her with some quotes and um, cause obviously I'm a life coach and so I love quotes and inspiration. And so that's my artwork, but I also do a lot of mixed media and I've actually started doing it again as a way to just really tap into my creativity. Mm-hmm. So I've been like, as of like a few weeks ago, started doing it in the evenings. Oh, you got to start posting pictures of that. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thanks for sharing yeah. that. And how would you describe your fashion style? So dressy jeans is my style. Like I love jeans. <laughs> I love a good blazer with jeans. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, dressy jeans. There you go. It's a good go to. Yeah. We call that what smart business casual. Business smart. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Business yes, casual. Business awesome. smart. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yes. So anyway. Well thank you so much, Vitaly. Thank, so thank you. Tell us again when your book launches. So it launches March thirtieth, but you can go ahead and order it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Awesome. And then where can folks connect with you online? Yeah, so I'm most active on Instagram, and it's just Vitaly Buford on Instagram. And you can email me. It's Vitaly, uh, V-I-T-A-L-E, at Gmail. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening. We'd love to connect with you on social media. You can find me, Liz Toombs, on Facebook and Instagram, as well as my business, PDR Interiors, on both outlets as well. And you can find myself, Sasha Bowlby, on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also find Sash and Bow, my boutique, also on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out the website anytime. Shop 24-7 at sashandbowboutique.com. And we also want to note, too, if you like what you're listening to, please feel free to give us a review 
um, on the podcast. If you don't want to write out anything, all you got to do is just hit the stars. It's super easy and we would love to hear your feedback.